Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Happy Wine Wednesday, everybody. It's another episode of The Swirl Suite. Today we talk wine and politics with family of the podcast. She's not even a friend. She is family to all of us. Brianna Jemerson of Brie Books Podcast. Uh, Brianna lives in New York. She gardens. She loves beauty. She loves food. She loves wine. Uh, we have a great time talking with her about wine politics, tariffs, and more wine. And we hope you enjoy the show. Cheers. Welcome to the Swell Suite, everybody. Happy Wine Wednesday. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? It's snowing here. Yes, it is. And ice. Are you? Did you get ice, Sarita? Well, I haven't been outside, so I'm assuming it's ice out there. <laughs> just you want to pick out the window, just a little. Just... I mean, one, I had nowhere to go, and two, I mean, you know, I'm good. Aren't the days like that? Like, where are we going? Like, where are you sure. getting in the car? Where are you, where are we going? Yeah, yeah. Or we'll walk around the block with the dog. I mean, you, that's it. Yeah. Where are we yeah. That's it. And a lot, of, even if you did want to go to a restaurant on Monday, a lot of restaurants are closed here on Mondays. That's like their off day. Same. It is. But, this week is, isn't this restaurant week? Oh, it's, it is. It is yeah. restaurant. It is week. restaurant week. Yeah. I'm not participating in that. You know, some, are some places places open or is it like specials to go? It's so, like to- uh, certain parts of Maryland and I think DC, they are open with 25% capacity. Um, and of course you can still eat outside, but who wants to do that? It's below freezing. That would not be fun. And even if you are in, even if you're in a dome or something, that's still cold. So the dome might be cute. I mean, you gotta have somebody warm you up. There's not no girls night. <laughs> this <laughs> no. I agree. There's no like jeans and a cute top season right now. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. But you could order out. Oh, you, yeah, you know, it's just something about going somewhere and someone serving you something like, here is your food and they bring it directly to you. And then they take it away along with the dirty dishes. dishes. Yes. Like, I want that yeah. experience again. Yeah. That I do miss. So I'm I haven't start, been um, ordering delivery because I'm tired of yeah. dishes. I haven't been as excited about restaurants with the takeout situation, but yeah. you know, you can just do that yourself. <laughs> Cause it's not pretty, you know, the whole part yeah. about dining out. I mean, the food comes to you beautifully plated mm-hmm. and it's varnished and all this. I mean, they ask you if you want another drink. I mean, it's just, (laughs) that seems glorious right now. That seems like such a treat right now, but. And it seems like it has been all about health. I've heard that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Would you like another? Like no one's coming through here asking me, man, would you like another? No, I'm asking myself, would you like another? Why? Yes. Yes, I would. (laughs) Nobody bringing me more napkins. Nothing. Nobody's refilling my water. Nobody washes the dishes. Sometimes I'm like, why do I use a dish every time I eat? Like, is there a way to not use them so I don't have to wash them? Right. I forgot paper plates last week. I got up the next morning at like seven and went to Wegmans. I was like, there, I'll be damned if I wash another plate this week. So Listen. it's crazy. <laughs> like what y'all see on Instagram, I use one plate 
because I use so many other dishes to cook pots and mm-hmm. utensils and mm-hmm. stuff. You no, do. No, we're I can't eating. even imagine your kitchen. <laughs> yeah. It was. You, I mean, you season and stuff, and then you use separate bowls because you're like, oh, okay, I put an egg mixture in this, and then I put a seasoning mixture together in this. You use three different pots, pans, and skillets. But the thing is, I don't even go hard like some other um, Instagram chefs where they have like, you know, the, um, what do you call those little cups? The little white cups? The little ramekins? Oh, yeah. Ramekins where they put every little seasoning. I don't even do that. And I have a lot of dishes. I can't imagine what their kitchens look like. So, yes. Yeah. That's why a lot of stuff, when people, it's so cute when they have it in those separate little containers. It is cute. Yeah. If y'all don't pour it straight off the salt shaker, like I'm not... <laughs> together like why are you doing this like why are you cracking an egg to put it in something and then put it in the dish because you visualize it and people like that and people like to hear the sounds of everything and yeah it's a thing well you see i don't cook on instagram so that's my (laughs) my gift the question is do you cook at all i do i gotta eat (laughs) (laughs) like i must eat i love your snacking and drinking content tanisha i think like that's your niche that's that's it you know like let me just get this little quick apparel snack put that together drink something with it and go on about my business i'm eat these hot chips <laughs> that's it oh can i tell you so i have discovery plus now i was fighting it i was fighting it for uh some weeks because they what they did was they strong armed people into getting discovery plus they took your favorite shows off of the cable channel and put it on the app yeah, so it's the only way that you could watch it. So I was like, all right, cooking channel. Um, I'm not that that attached. But then when they took the black cooking shows and put it on there, I was like, oh, you're killing me. And then one of my other favorite shows to watch is the Pimple Popper. They moved her. They know. moved her whole show on Discovery Plus. I was like, what? All right, all right. All right. They knew what fine, you came for. Fine. Yeah. Fine. They knew what they so was I doing. So I did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that because she was showing new episodes recently on regular TV? Nope. Last week, they're all on Discovery Plus. Oh, <laughs> so that's why I bit the bullet. But I also started watching um, Jaida and um, Bobby show where they, I think they spend a, like a month in Italy and, you know, she's Italian. So they go to Rome, Tuscany. And I forget, maybe one other city. But anyway, they're just walking around um, Italy, eating fantastic food, eating gelato. And of course, this is pre-COVID. So everything is all out in the Mm -hmm. open. Mm -hmm. It's just, I felt like I had a dream about Italy the next day. Everything was, and of course, they go to wine country and they're sipping from these huge, fantastic uh, burgundy glasses. (sighs) It was, it was a blow. Yeah. But the show is so good. It's good. It's pretty Meanwhile, cool. you at home on the couch eating popcorn out of I'm saying. And then, I mean, you know how you're looking at a cooking show and you start looking around like, like, what do I have? I've Girl. got to have something. something. You're like, I got so, spaghetti. Yeah, that's it. No. Just the noodles, not even like the rest <laughs> of the things to go with. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we have a special guest today. Uh, she is family of the show. Bree, how Hello. are you? Hey guys, um, I'm Brianna Jimerson, host of Brie Books Podcast, and I'm also manager of social media at Glamour Magazine, um, and I'm just so happy to be back on Swirl Suite. I have to tell you, literally since like December, 
any episode that you guys drop, I just immediately I'm like, well, it's time to just do my dishes, make my dinner and listen to Squirrel Sweet. And the one after January 6th is still the only podcast I've listened to like on and around that day. Cause I was like, I don't want to hear anyone else talk about any of this except for y'all. So yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to be oh, here. Thank yay. you. Thank um, you. She, she flatters us. So I mean, wow. Girl, we're going we're gonna to hit up your little uh, cash app. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um so Bree, how are how are things in new york how are you oh how am i it's like how am i doing yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh um things in new york are slow as as you can imagine um I have been keeping myself very busy by keeping my local uh natural wine shop um you know trying to save the economy you know do do what you can where you can so I just run her her little 80 120 every three days anyway (laughs) (laughs) I have been yeah I've just been trying to fill up my time with a lot of journaling a lot of reading um learning about finances learning about politics which is so cool that we're doing this episode about like wine and politics um and yeah, just really trying to fill my days as much as possible without overexerting myself at my day job. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so that's me. Oh, I, I've also, y'all know I love gardening. And today I was supposed to start my seeds indoors, but I'm going to do it tomorrow because I think it's something kind of funny about like starting seeds in the middle of a snowstorm. Mm. You know? um, so when you say start your seeds indoors, what does that mean? I'm happy you asked that, Sarita. What that means is we will be using these little pellets. And in every one of these pellets, we're going to put in about two seeds, Mm -hmm. fill this up with water, and in about six to eight weeks, they'll be big enough to be transplanted into a larger pot before they can go in the ground. So I have about 30 different fruits and veggies I'm going to start and then just pop this right on the windowsill. Um, Yeah, so that's what we. Oh, I want to do that. Oh, do they need direct sunlight? Because I don't get direct sunlight on my window soon. Well, if you if you want to, um, I'll send you a link to a really fun DIY grow light. You just take one of those like tubs, a Walmart tub. Put oh, I love that sound. Put hey. um a light bulb on in top, like in the top of it, and just close it up, and that just makes like a sunny box. So you just put that in the corner of your living room, and that's it. If you have a south facing window, you want to put your seeds on that window. <laughs> But if you don't have a south facing window, you can just make like a little grow box out of a crate, even. Yeah, it doesn't need too much light. Hmm. You also probably agree with that. I'm sorry? Once you, once you do that, do you, are you going to do like an above ground garden or? No. You, I'm going to okay. do an above ground, a raised bed garden. So like the same thing that everyone can do in their backyards, you know, it's not like Mississippi going and, you know, like turning and tilling the dirt. Mm-hmm. It's New York City soil and I really don't want to do that. But just build a raised bed about six inches off the ground. Um, even if you have a balcony or a milk crate, fill that up with some hay and some potting soil and just get started right in there. But I'm not going to be putting anything like into the physical you know, like first, okay. first layer ground. I could if I trusted the soil, but no, I'm, I'm like, I'm like envisioning all three, all four of us with like little tomatoes and 
new veggie babies this season mm-hmm. eating tomatoes yes eating tomatoes that i grew girl your your hopes are here i need you to bring them i need you to bring them down i need you to bring them down i got a green grocer i'm gonna just go hit him up <laughs> <laughs> i well, feel inspired you should especially after her instagram posts and her videos yeah, i mean i know yeah don't worry, when I start these seeds, I'm going to do a whole little thing on how to do it. My collards are growing nicely in the front, in the front yard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to uh, take a picture outside tomorrow. But yeah, they no, look will, really nice. Will they freeze the because of the snow? Did it go dormant? Well, you know what? That's a question for Bree, but I was over. Always- I know with grapevines, <laughs> I know with grapevines, so like, they girl, I don't know, ask Bree. <laughs> but no, with grapevines, grapevines like the snow because it's like insulation. So it sort of protects the, yeah. you know, the soil and everything. Yeah. Bree, is mm-hmm. it the same way mm-hmm. for other vegetables? It is for collard greens and collard greens get sweeter after a frost. Yeah. So when you go cut them or, you know, harvest them, they'll probably have like a little bit of sugar in it because like the plant it's freezing. So it converts its energy into making sugar. Um, and that's why like radishes are better after a frost, carrots, beets, like all root vegetables just get a little bit sweeter um, after it's gotten cold. And the same thing happens with frost tolerant greens like kale and collard greens and mustard greens. So you're in for a treat lady. Can't wait to I'm, see it. I'm excited. I mean, it's a very small plant, but they uh, the leaves look great. I just have to figure out um, bugs got to them um, this summer. So uh, I need to figure that out before it gets warm. Any suggestions? This is my last garden question. Yes. Neem oil. I have neem an oil about it. Mm-hmm. Neem oil. You can get it at Target for like $9.99. It also is great for your hair and skin. It's hmm. from the neem tree, um, but to bugs, it's toxic. Hmm. So Yeah. All right. All you need mix that with a little bit of uh, dish soap in a spray bottle. Spray it on your plants early in the morning because um, you don't want the sun to like beat down on it, and then you're good to go. Okay. Man, you are a wealth of knowledge. You tell I'm an only child with nothing to do. Is it show? <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you got a, a skill. I'm like, there I go. Netflix on Netflix, right. but like, I can't tell you about gardening. <laughs> have you watched Lupin? Yes, yes, of course. I haven't watched it. Yeah, you not yet. It's, it's no, time. I have to sit down because I have to read because I'm usually watching t- TV while doing other stuff. Oh no, you so got. I have focused. to commit and and. Watch. I mean, you could put it in English, but it it'll be dumb. Just let's no, do French. I wouldn't want to do that. Um, so our topic today is wine and politics um i actually don't know much about this area but i've been reading some articles especially with us having a new president and all of that yeah we got some new tariffs that were announced at the beginning of the year and um yeah i just wanted to talk about it with you guys no but i've been reading a lot about um the position of being a lobbyist and um, I was reading this article about this guy who decided to leave, leave the position because he um, it was battling his conscience. He couldn't sleep at night. He was pretty much saying it was just I was handing over money for bills to get passed. And um, I know it's a lot more to lobbying than that. Like I said, I don't know a whole lot about this subject, but, you know, who's a lobbyist. Allie. Glass after work. 
She's a lot. Oh, miss, I don't do vegetables. <laughs> She's oh, gonna oh, kill oh, us. <laughs> She's going to kill us. <laughs> but people were saying, <laughs> people were saying that um that maybe why there was um a tariff for Parmesan single malt whiskey. It was is a twenty five percent tariff, but not for prosecco or scotch. So um, perhaps depends on the, what people the, like and what people want to lobby for. Oh, for sure. And and perhaps the right palm wasn't greased. I feel like that. I was about to say Hollywood. I feel like that about DC and that whole machine. Anyway, that all of it is um, a lot of pay for play. Yeah, kind of thing in some shape, form, or fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Because it was very interesting that it when the terrorists first came out that they were on certain things and not on others. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't make sense what it was for, like how it was largely on French things. Right. Not necessarily Italian things. So, I mean, yeah, that came about partially because of the law Macron put into place against uh, large companies in the U.S. And so it was like kind of a retaliation for that. But um, then when other things started um, getting tariffs too, then it was like, wait a minute, what is this really mm-hmm. out? And so then that's when I did a little reading up on lobbying and what it all involved. And yeah. Yeah, there was a guy in the article that pretty much said, and I'll put the three articles that I'm talking about <clears throat> in the description box, but he was pretty much saying, until you take money out of the equation, then politics is always going to be greasy. It's never really about the politics. It's about the money. Who's getting paid? It's always about the money. It's yeah. always about the money. Yeah. I always it's thought all over the world. Tariffs, oh, I, I always thought those, those tariffs were personal. The, the former carrot-faced president, um, his own biases against certain countries and that's why you didn't see them in Italy. Um, and I thought I thought it was personal specifically um, taking wine out of the equation when they put tariffs on tequila from Mexico. I was like, that is personal. Yeah, that makes a lot that, of sense. Yeah. Th- that, that was very personal. And it could have just been, you know, this um, under the umbrella of being a nationalist and by American, but it doesn't, I don't think until it gets to the point where it is super cost prohibitive, it's not gonna stop people from buying other, um, buying imports. And also it's not the same. Like uh, a lot of the arguments when people were, you know, on the hill arguing about the tariffs in the first place, the argument against it was like, oh, well, people can just buy American. It's not the same. No. I want to buy a Bordeaux, then I want to buy a Bordeaux. You're not going to give me a substitute for that in America. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, a Bordeaux blend in America. It is still not the same. People who drink one or want to buy right. one, that's what they want to buy. They don't want to buy the other. Those things aren't interchangeable. Mm-hmm. So it's no substitute in that. So, you know, that that argument. Yeah. Um, and I saw two examples of the tariff increase. Um, so if you were to buy a bottle of Rome red, uh, before the tariffs, that bottle would be $25. Now it's 33 or $34. And then, and then that's bottle. If you are talking about restaurants who are already getting hit hard, 
a glass. There was one lady. Um, she says she has nine restaurants across New York, LA, and I forgot the other city. But um, a glass of Sancerre was twelve dollars, and now it's twenty dollars. I'm not getting that glass of wine. I don't know the. Well, you know, I don't know the last time I paid that much so. for a glass. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> but I mean, she picked a popular. She was just like, that's my yeah. bread and butter, Sancerre. People will pay that. I know, but I, I don't know if people are going to pay that $20 yeah. for as much as they love it. I just don't know. For a glass? A glass. A glass. <laughs> not not literally not in this Not a chance. Mm-mm. No. If it's $20, it's like, oh, that. never mind. I'm going to get a bottle and go home. Yeah, I think exactly. Yeah. Sorry. No, please go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I think in maybe restaurants that might be the only instance where, and it still wouldn't be interchangeable with people like okay now I'll drink um, American or drink something else. No. But they'll drink what's on the menu because Mm -hmm. you have it. I think that's the only time where they're like okay I'll drink this. But when they're trying to buy bottles for their home and the things that they want to enjoy at home, then no, it's not interchangeable. They're going to buy what they want or they just won't buy it. It's not like, yeah. all right, I couldn't get this French wine. Let me buy American. No, they'll just be like, I won't buy anything. And I think, I know that would yeah. be, yeah, be like, mm, I can't have this. Well, I don't want nothing. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know truly if we will see the effect of the you mean uh, we as in americans or wine people both because if if restaurants are reduced to a certain capacity right and and from my understanding just speaking to different distributors like they've changed their whole business model of who they're selling wine to because they're not selling wine so much to um restaurants that you may you may not see the full effect like the the effect of the tariffs may not be present in the restaurants because people aren't frequenting the restaurants as much and how distributors are changing their business model to sell it you may not see that impact until the world opens up again and people are looking for those options yeah Um, I want to read this quote from Food and Wine magazine. So it pretty much says that, in fact, nearly everyone in the U.S. who works with European wine is hoping that the Biden administration will reverse the tariffs. Then a few sentences down said, with the decline in travel, you're seeing a shift in the way people buy wine, a shift in taste. And um, it's a market that's in movement at the moment. So um, and then the last sentence I want to quote is, the combination of protectionism, a generational shift in the way people live their live their lives means we're not going back to the way things were three years ago, even if the tariffs get lifted. Agreed. Like I don't, but yeah, not a whole lot else to say there. Yeah, agreed. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out when things get more back to normal. Mm-hmm. Air quotes. Um, with people going back out to eat, restaurants being back open, um, people maybe changing up their drinking habits, things like that. How pricing will look then because things have been closed and things have been kind of dormant for so long. Mm-hmm. Will we, like what effect we'll see from the tariffs from there? Will people just be raising their prices just because they need to? 
because people haven't been buying for so long? Will they lower their prices because they want people to buy because people haven't been buying? How will, like, how will this play out? I think now there is something else on top of the tariffs, another problem on top of the tariffs mm-hmm. that we have to take into consideration too. Yeah. I think one, th- one thing that's interesting that I've noticed, and I would love to know, Tanisha and Leslie and Sarita, from your perspectives in different cities about restaurants offering wine bottles as part of takeout and delivery. I think that is definitely kind of changing people's it's blurring the lines between restaurant grade wine, you know, kind of that bottle that you splurge on versus house wine that you would get just for yourself. Um, it's like the classic thing, you know, when you have friends over, you have Belvedere, but when you're by yourself, you have like, I don't know, like Mad Dog 4040 or, you know, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Sorry, was that triggering? Do, do we want to talk about <laughs> No, it's clear, Bree, that you don't drink it because it's right. Not right. I was gonna say, right, girl. I was gonna have put that in half, girl. Twenty twenty. Listen, sorry, Mad Dog. Twenty twenty, not forty forty. It's, it's okay to have standards, Bree. Don't oh, right. That's she, all right, girl. She done straight elevated them. She's like, no, it's forty forty. Sorry. <laughs> no, that, that's Jay Z. That's Jay Z. <laughs> right. Oh gosh. I'm so happy right now. Um, no, but but what I'm thinking is people's attitudes and behaviors around wine are changing so rapidly, and the geopolitical implications are humongous. I think now people are really thinking about, you know, not just where does my wine come from, as in where are the grapes from, but really, you know, how far did this bottle have to travel to get to me? Um, and I feel like that part of the behavior, to your point, Sarita, like, you know, there is no going back to that. There is no going back to the time before when you would just scan them and you pick the second most expensive thing because now you're kind of really thinking about you know do I have this 25 30 dollars to spare mm-hmm. um and you're thinking about you know how can I get the most value from my liquor or from my wine and spirits or anything um at this moment and I'm I'm very curious about the behavioral shifts that are taking place and how people are buying wine um because I'm noticing it more every day and I think people are just being a little bit more intentional about their discretionary spending, um, especially right now when it comes to things that are, you know, true luxuries like, you know, wine and spirits. Well, you know, the cost of wine has gone down because there's been so much of a boom of people being at home and buying wine that it's driven the cost of wine down. And then the other thing is in the beginning of 2020, <laughs> there was a report that came out. I think it's, it should be coming out soon for 2021. But you know, the big prediction was um, millennials were going to start buying more wine and they didn't because of the advent of the seltzer and what have you. But the audience that's tried and true are the Gen Xers and, um, and the people before that, I can't think of those people. The baby boomers. Um, and the baby boomers, thank yeah. you. So those, that group is consistent in their wine purchase. And, and I'm not going to say they don't have a social conscious, but um, that regionalism is not as prevalent with them. So it's interesting to see now that we've almost done a full cycle of this quarantine behavior, what have you, how the trends are, are changing. You just said um, wine 
like the sales have gone up, more people are buying wine. In those numbers that you have for that, is it uh, like more domestic wine, more foreign wine? Uh, is there wine in a certain price point? Like people are buying like, okay, wine sales, yeah. like bottles under $15 has gone up versus- It's interesting because it's two categories that have gone up. It's the cost um, of more expensive wine for baby boomers has gone up, but the cost of wine under $20 a bottle has also gone up. So it also depends on the demographics, those age groups that have driven down the price. Um, and then for some people, it just hasn't been negotiable. They, they have chosen to buy more expensive bottles of wine. I guess they figure if I'm gonna be home, I'm going to enjoy the good stuff. That or life is fleeting, and they're like, well, "Yeah, yeah." Just, I can't take this. I can't take this money with me. Right. So right. let me just go mm-hmm. ahead and splurge on this two hundred dollar bottle. Yeah, I, I yeah. still am. I still am not at that place yet to spend that um, kind of money on wine. Can I ask, what's the most y'all spent on a bottle of wine? Oh, a personal bottle or like a flex for the? Oh, it don't matter. Oh my gosh. How oh, about that? Still finna be low. Sorry, go ahead. No, my number's still finna be low. I don't think I've done more. Have I done more than 50? I don't, I, if I did, it was a long time ago. I have I have spent um close to 200. <laughs> Excuse me. I have spent close to 200, but it was like and, and it wasn't even for me. It was um Ooh. It was a gift. You love that person. And it was, it was, it was like a a milestone thing. And so I did that, but I have, I have never spent over maybe $60 a bottle for myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, did that person appreciate it that you got it for? Like, did, did they know? Did they, they know the value? Right. Oh yeah, they knew. Yeah, okay. like I was, I was not going to do something like this for. <laughs> yeah, that's probably another thing too. Yeah, like, yeah. doing that for somebody who's just like, okay, pop this open, let's make mimosa. Mm-hmm. That would be a fight. <laughs> I told y'all my situation where somebody did that to me. I no, got magnum, a magnum of rose champagne. So, like, nice, oh. nice. I pulled that thing out. Mimosas. <gasps> no. Like, murder everybody. No. Did you say something or you just kept quiet? The look on my face. And then a rose at that? You use that for Right. Mimosas? I'm like, you. I mean, and they went and got orange juice and everything. I was like, are you? No, no. I was like, this is rosé. What are you doing? This is all wrong. This is all terrible, all wrong. This is fine wine. Like capital F, capital W. What are y'all doing? No. I was about to take, listen, I was about to take it back. Like, you know what? Y'all don't deserve this. I'm taking it back home. Carrying it like a baby. Um, oh, for me, I have a hard time spending over $40 for a bottle of wine unless I'm at a winery and I'm experiencing something. Um, when I was in Seattle, well, we were outside of Seattle at a winery. Oh, oh, I was at Chateau Saint-Michel. Mm. And so Chateau Saint-Michel is 
like phenomenal when you visit that trash that you have at Fridays, that reasoning and their reverse demeanor, they just make that for that crowd. Masses, yeah. <laughs> their actual winery is fantastic. Um, and it's, it's like a castle. So anyway, we were there and I, they have um, some other brands that are also set up inside this big, huge castle. So I think the most we paid for a bottle there might've been like 75. But after a fantastic experience, and I did like, I did the, the blogger thing where I wrote ahead of time so they knew I was. And then it was a one time that we had like a car, a car drive us around mm-hmm. the winery. So we looked like we were somebody for a day. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just a good day. And so, yeah, we felt good. The wine was fantastic. And um, yeah, so that's the most I spent because I was there, the vines were there and everything was right. But I don't see me doing that in a wine shop. Yeah, I think you get, when you go to a winery, um, I think you get caught up in the, yeah. And then, I and think then you I, absolutely do get caught up for sure. You get caught yeah. up. Yeah. You can join the wine in. club. Yeah, everything. Exactly, right? Yeah. They slide that little piece of paper at the end. Like, if you enjoyed this flight, please give us your email address. <laughs> and you're mm-hmm. like, and my social security number, like, my bank, yeah. and my right, yeah. right. Yeah. My thing with spending money on wine is, and being somebody in the wine industry, loving wine, tasting expensive bottles, to buy it for me, though, I I would spend the money on it and then would get it home and then would never think of an occasion or a group of people that were like important or special enough to share it mm-hmm. with. So now I've spent this 150 or 200 on this bottle and I have it for so long and it's like, okay, when am I drinking this? Who are the people that I'm sharing this with? What occasion do I think is important enough for this? And that's the thing for me. Now I get, you know, but they're like, oh, just drink what you like whenever you want. And every occasion, special occasion, every day is not a $200 bottle occasion. Sure. And also you want to drink it with someone else because you don't want to, like you want to savor it when you drink Mm -hmm. it. So it's not a, let me drink this bottle by myself in two days kind of situation. Yeah. So how do you, yeah, I just, that is my thing when it comes to um, an expensive bottle. And also being around people that you can share it with that would appreciate it. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, you have to be very selective. Well, I'm very selective with that. Because yeah. you're going to make me mad. You're trying to like, oh, okay, let me have this with this, you know, McDonald's. Like, ginger like, ale. And I love McDonald's, oh. but. Mm-hmm. You know, I had um, my very favorite wine bar the uh, Wino, the Wine Institute of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You can you can buy glass glasses by you can buy it by the ounce there. Mm-hmm. So I intentionally go there to get the most expensive wine because then I can have it and not necessarily buy the bottle. But it's funny too because I got some of the higher end wine. And I'm disappointed. It was like, I would have been upset if I spent $150 on this bottle and just be like, oh, 
<laughs> so I don't know if it was because it's been in the machine too long or what, or is that just how that particular vintage was? Yeah. Hmm. I think we could probably do a whole nother show on um, expensive bottles and vintages and oh, sure. being disappointed or happy or what occasion or how to open it, you know, because then even thinking about um, Dorothy Gator and then her husband, John, and how they do the open that bottle night because yeah. mm-hmm. bottles yeah. that they're staying for this special occasion, like, oh, open it for any occasion. Mm-hmm. In theory, that is great. You know, do open some of those bottles. But, you know, if you're someone that uh, lives alone or just you and your spouse, depending on how much you all drink, how much you spend on a bottle, you do want to open that on a special occasion. Yeah. Or, I mean, if your life is at a point where you're like, oh, 200, that's nothing. Let me drink this on a random Tuesday night. I mean, hooray. Mm. But most people's lives aren't like that. And if they're spending that on a bottle, it is a special occurrence. And so they want to save that money or that wine for a special time. I mean, somebody being born, somebody graduating something, you know, some life-changing, some, you know, special uh, event. Yeah. Bree, what's your answer? I'm coming up. I would say the most I've ever spent on a bottle was at Brown Estate in Napa. Um, oh. I visited, well, go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, I was listening. I'm just not. Guess where I learned about Brown Estate from? Who? Oh. Looking at, <laughs> at y'all. Oh, God. Oh, you learned that from Sabrina. <laughs> Um, but I, when I went there, I think I got a, a bottle of like their duppy wine that was about 55 bucks. And that was the most, and that was a gift, right? It's, I think it's so interesting. Sarita, you have so, y'all have so many episodes in here. You need to do an episode about like gifting wine, like expectation versus reality and everything. I gave it to my partner's sister who I just turned 21, did not. Wow. It. She, oh, was no, she like, definitely wasn't going to appreciate it. Mm-mm. Oh no, Brie. I was, I was in my like feelings. I was like. This Wait, how did you know yeah. she opened it with you were you with her yeah it was like her birthday and I was like no you have to let it chill you have to chill and she was like we drink white wine all the time and I'm like okay at UC Berkeley like chill this is the fucking best shit you'll ever have um but <laughs> <laughs> anyway um the most expensive wine I've ever had was the Screaming Eagle one of my ex's dad's we went to like some like Brazilian steakhouse or something and I liked it. I mean, I didn't know how much it was until like after the dinner. I think it was like a $1,700 bottle for some reason. But again, it was like one of those heirloom things, you know, it's like a bottle from the year that so-and-so was born or, you know, from someone's ho- hometown or, you know, things like that. I think it's so it's so interesting how we associate memories with wine. Um, and Tanisha, I love what you said about like savoring it you know, you want me savoring a $12, you know, like Grenache is chill. I enjoy that. Mm -hmm. But if I were, you know, celebrating someone's promotion or a new baby, you would go in an entirely different direction. And it's just, it's fascinating to me how like the wine I choose for myself is very different from the wine I would choose for someone else. Um, But yeah, Yeah. that's kind of where I fall. Typically the the bottles I like to get just because my, the shop I love is a natural wine store, um, fall around the 15 to $18, maybe more like 12 to $18 range. That's kind of me topping out of, you know, treat yourself. And then $20 is bubbles, you know, things like that. That's kind of where, um, where I fall. 
Um, I'm gonna bring up um the Discovery Plus travel show with uh Jada and um Bobby. So these are the glasses that they were um drinking out of. I'm gonna hide the price. Y'all probably know how much these are, but I was like, oh my god, they're so gorgeous. Okay, can y'all see? Wait, tilt. Can y'all see it? Tilt and put your hand up. Oh, it is a full reflection. Why is that not working? Oh, there it is. Okay, there we go. Oh yes. yeah, now we can see it. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. yes, we see it. Like, yes. massive, oh, like big bulb, burgundy glasses, and then somebody we know posted them on a Facebook group. If y'all know, I we yeah. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, those are the glasses. That's the brand. Look it up. I was like, Skirt. wait, I don't even who have wine. <laughs> who are they produced? Like, who makes those glasses? Zalto. Oh, okay. There, that's that says it all. Yeah, so for six, they're on Amazon for four thirty nine. I was like, I don't even have wine that costs that much. What would I be drinking out of these fancy ass glasses? So will that make know. your twelve dollar wine taste better? Like <laughs> in there, does it? I'm not, I'm not convinced. Yeah. I'm not convinced that that will happen. But hey, just buy one and see. Just buy one glass and see. Wait, what's but I would That's be still, so I, I would be so nervous. That like I would chip it or yeah. the stem would break and mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh my God, that's $129. I just yeah. went down. The yeah. Train. I mean, do they come in a velvet box that I can keep closed? Mm-hmm. I trust I me know. with a glass. And also because I live alone. So like nobody else would touch it. Oh yeah. yeah. Like on average if i had kids or there was another person like those aren't like even with wine friends i still probably wouldn't even bring out a set of those like i wouldn't mm-hmm. buy it to bring them out that like no that's my special tasting glass yeah yeah that i use for my photographs and my videos like no one else can touch this I- i'm with you <laughs> episode do glasses make a difference as far as like the price, I mean, we know that the shape does. We know that for sure. But the price of glasses, can I go get a crate and barrel glass versus, you know, um, $100 plus Zalto glass? Mm. Yeah. I think there's some, I think that at one point the return is diminishing. Um, but I, I do think like a higher quality crystal, you do notice it. A difference but again you I think you have to be in the industry and it's very nuanced hmm. yeah you might have to taste them together in order to yes yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah like I've done Riedel tastings before because they do those um often or just you know they'll be at conferences about that brand stuff and to taste different things in different glasses side by side you can taste the difference um sometimes so but, at, but I think like what you said, Leslie, it tops off at a certain point. I think, and going back to wine producing, right. I think the right. same thing. At a certain point, you're like, is this wine five, does this taste like a $500 wine? Mm-hmm. Right. Or can I just spend 75 and get a wine equally as delicious? I think yeah. at a certain price point, you're like, okay, this, uh, I don't know if this tastes $300 good. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think that goes across many industries because I'm looking for new pots. Uh, and I've talked to a few people or cook and they, they're like, oh, well, don't you think they all should match? And I was like, I don't know if I'm that girl. Do I need my pots to match? But I care more about like the quality of the pot, whether 
you know, they match or not. And they were like, well, you do stuff on Instagram, but like, it's not showing my pot. Most of the time it's showing like a plate, mm-hmm. showing the plating, but not like the pot. So I don't know, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't think you needed to see, yeah, your pots don't need to match because nobody should see those. Like people who say, oh, your pot should match. Like, are you, you must be separate out of the pot. <laughs> I mean, unless you, which unless is a pet peeve and they're displayed like they're right. that's part of your kitchen decor. Mm-mm. But yeah. I just want a good pot, you know. Right. Yeah. And then and there's some that you hold on for years. You're like, I ain't letting this go. Yeah, because my mm-hmm. non-sticks are no longer non-stick. So it's like, oh, it's time to retire these jokers. So, yeah. Anywho, um, oh. <laughs> So I thought it would be fun for us to pair a wine with a politician or something in politics. I love this. So, I'm so excited. Oh, you're excited. You're going first. Yay. Oh, let me tell you why I'm excited. Okay. I have, so I live in New York. I live in Brooklyn. And, you know, before COVID, I would, you know, just be making my way downtown, walking fast, faces past, and I'm homebound, <laughs> um, you know, like in Manhattan, living my best life. And there was this bar that AOC used to work at. And it was like oh. my haunt when I was like 25, 26, 27, um, literally before the 2016 election, I would just go down there. And I distinctly remember every time, like, there's this really nice girl who works at the bar. And she's just really, really kind. I would leave her tips. And I'm 99% sure it was her. I feel like the timelines actually do um, overlap. But from that experience, I feel like the what I associate with wine is very much AOC now. Like, I don't care about betraying my politics. I'm very thoroughly democratic, like, like legit. But I just, I just feel like I associate my cocktails whenever I'm in like a dire situation. I'm like, I have eggnog and absinthe and we just got to make something happen. Like, I, (laughs) I, I just associate like crazy, interesting drinks that I make at home with her. And I feel like maybe it's a generational thing. And also, you know, you just kind of make what you can with what you have. But whenever I'm drinking cocktails, I kind of always channel AOC. But whenever I'm having wine, I like to imagine myself as like a Michelle Obama meets Olivia Pope mashup experience. And and I like to challenge myself to wear like all white while drinking wine. Cause like I'm grown and I can, you know, I don't make mistakes or whatever. Um, never works. But it's just so interesting to me how like my politics are very much informed by like women or my drinking is very much informed by women of color kind of in the political space or you know who just kind of like take up space wherever they are um and I feel like that's so when I saw this prompt of you know like which politicians would match your drinks those are the two people who kind of came to mind not that Michelle is necessarily a politician but you know like political adjacent that's a fantastic answer I know we supposed to go after that (laughs) thank you Brie (laughs) (laughs) bless Okay, I would say the uh, the QAnon people. I think of them as expired wine. I'm over it. Let's just get beyond it. That is my equivalent. Are you thinking fully oxidized, like <laughs> only good, like not even good to cook with, like not even not even good enough to be vinegar. Right, no. it's, it's not good. even doing the salad dressing. We just this is <clears throat> this is it this on the countertop for like ten days. No, no cork. Right, mm. right. 
it is done. Done. Oh. Nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was like oh. palpable when you said. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and y'all can't see your face. It, I mean, there is disgust. I'm drinking Brazilian bubbles today. I chose I chose Brazilian bubbles because I came across this article in the New York Times that was talking about the wave of black politicians in Brazil. And there's this city that has a black female mayor for the first time ever. And it's called, let me see if I can get her name right. Okay. Her name is Suela Rosine. um, And she is Afro-Brazilian. She's 32 years old. She's a TV broadcaster and a gospel singer. Um, She's very conservative. And she's the first woman Afro-Brazilian to be elected as mayor in the town of Bauru. So cheers to Brazil and cheers to Suelen. I follow her on Instagram. It's all in Portuguese, but I still follow her. Of course, she's gorgeous. Girl, um, you just but- put the <laughs> translation button at the bottom. Just see There you go. <laughs> but um, of course, I found this Brazilian um, sparkler from Gran Cata. They have a new location. Well, it's not that new anymore, but they have um, like a little section in um, La Cosecha and that's near Union Market for DC folks. So you don't have to go as far as 7th Street in Shaw. But um, yeah, I got a Brazilian Bubbles there. It was very easy to find. So just shouting out to Brazil because I mean, this is the type of shit that you do not see in headlines. And um, I, I could barely find an article on her that was in English. Not much publicity at all. So, not necessarily a pilot. Well, I mean, one's a politician, but uh, the black women who made it happen in Atlanta. We're talking Alicia mm. Bottoms. We're talking Stacey Abrams. We're talking these women who were often underrated, but are the backbone. I think about um, an underrated grape, but is necessary for a blend and it makes things happen. I think Cabernet Franc. Oh, I love it. Because I love Cabernet Franc. It clearly stands alone, but most people, you know, are like, oh, okay, look at it in this great Bordeaux blend. But without it, it would not, the wine would not be held together. Um, people here either love it or hate it. And then we're very black women. So there it is. <laughs> Same. That is Same. It's true. Way to go. Love that. Love it. So Amen. Amen. Analogy. Oh, yes. Great yes, analogy. I love it. Okay. I love everybody's answers. They were all different. Yay. Yes. Because we love yes. us some Brazilian bubbles. Mm-hmm. Y'all got me on that bubbles. Serena, you got me with a bad habit of bubbles with fried chicken. Welcome to the Because madness. it is literally the best. It's so it good. Is. It really so is. Good. It's so good. But we eat a lot of chicken in this house. So I'm always like, babe, we're out of Prosecco. Babe, we're out of Cava. Babe, we're out of Frizzante. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, what's wrong with y'all? Why do y'all drink? Listen, I want a cast iron skillet that works on the induction stove so bad so I can fry some chicken in here. So they're like, oh, fry it in your nonstick pan. I was like, you sound dumb. We're not doing (laughs) Do y'all even have like the oil to fry chicken in? Do they sell lard? I would probably fry it. In. Did you not go crazy? You went for it. 
duck fat or something. Oh, so I, first of all, Crisco. that sounds delicious. I know that'd be crazy yeah. expensive, but that sounds it, wonderful. It would. No, I have Crisco. But you can't, you'd have to, for duck fat, it doesn't um, do well for a long period of time at high heat. Uh-oh. You'd have to mix it like, with- like, like confit at first and then- Yeah, you'd have to mm, mix yeah. it with like a like a cannoli or some, something that is at high heat, but you still would get the flavors of duck fat. Huh. Yeah, no, I got Crisco. We're just gonna do it with the Crisco. We're gonna yeah, make go up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brie, you know this part of the show. Uh, random, not so rapid. Okay, everybody, where do you get your news? Twitter. Your what? Your news. Where do you get your news? Like your oh. yeah. Twitter. You get your news from Twitter? <laughs> I get it from Twitter and then I go see if it's, you know, correct. Like I check it out. I feel like when you the when most you breaking see. news. But when you go see it, stuff first. Uh, it depends on what they have said. And, you know, they'll put in links and stuff like that. So, but I feel like Twitter gets the stuff first. It's like they get it before news sites. CNN and NPR. Okay. Yeah, I would say I get a lot of my news from, um, podcast so I listen to a few like morning or you know daily podcasts I think the New York Times the daily is pretty good most days um and also ABC News start here um are really good like news everyday podcasts but otherwise I just subscribe to quite a few newsletters so I subscribe to I think CNN Reliable Sources which is like a media news newsletter and then Washington Post 202 or 102 and it's there's like a financial politics newsletter then a general politics newsletter and honestly depending on my anxiety and the and like the subject line some days I'm like I'm just like legit like delete like archive it um and other days I I legit like feel brave and I'm like I can read this Mm. but that's that's typically where um I like to go I try to find a a few outlets I can trust in addition to independent news organizations. One of my favorite newsletters is um, called Beauty IRL. I'll send a link if you're interested to read it, but it's a Substack newsletter that looks at the intersection of beauty and culture and like Mm. news. So Mm. everything from, you know, like the fact that Sephora only sells eight Black-owned beauty brands in their collection of over 300 brands. Wow. You know, really thinking about, um, you know, the implications of like Instagram filters that, you know, make your lips bigger and your eyes look a certain way. Uh, So I, I, I try to find quite a few like newsletters and independent journalists who share really strong content. And once I find that, it's like, I kind of just can like tune back into the stream. But um, I'm with you, Tanisha, though. Twitter, a lot of the times I'll kind of get my my headlines and then get a sense of, you know, diving deep and kind of comparing and contrasting sources. Cool. Um, I have um, two apps. Well, I have Washington Post, of course, um, and I watch local news. I watch our local NBC. And there is an app on my phone that came with my upgrade, and it's called Newsbreak. And yeah, yeah. a lot of times it Mm -hmm. hits my phone before anything else. Because, you know, CNN and big networks, they have to make everything, make sure everything is accurate before they post. Like, I remember when Kobe died, um, Newsbreak hit me and I was like, wait, is this real? Why is nobody else saying it? But they just Mm -hmm. wanted to confirm everything. But TMZ had already put it out there. They got it. So anyway, um, Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I rely heavily on my apps. 
I feel like a news diet is so important right now. You know, you just can't be getting anything from everywhere because not everyone has your best interest at heart. And we see that all the time, right? With live events where, you know, someone will say, oh, you know, this car was set on fire by protesters. And it's like, well, actually, if you look carefully at the video, you know, like so-and-so happened, um, I I feel like secondhand news is really dangerous. So I love that, you know, we're all kind of trying to get as close to the primary source as possible. Yeah, and I try to keep, it's very hard to exclude the news that's right in your neighborhood. So that's why I like to get up and watch local news to see what's actually going on here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, next question. Last vegetable you ate? Leek. I had an onion and leek tart. So, mm. huh. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I made it. Used two dishes. <laughs> <laughs> you should be very proud and a fork and then I also eat with the same fork I cook with like because that's a thing I might some people like oh and then get a new fork I'm like for what no not doing Mm -hmm. that okay do you make a lot of tarts um I wouldn't say a lot not now now first lockdown last year I was making a bunch of tarts because they're so easy I just buy that pre-made crust and then just put a whole bunch of stuff you know on it in it whatever Mm-hmm. super simple and I mean I keep cheese at the house so it's just a really easy thing to do mm-hmm. what about you Brie I don't know if I've had a vegetable today I'll be honest um after this I might go just warm up some collard greens just to put some kind of nutrition into my body <laughs> but before this I definitely had a beet which was pretty good they're not always my favorite I think it just depends on how you cook them right and like if you were a kid and beets were like in a can and you hated them it's like yeah. beets. but yeah. I feel like I'm trying to find like good ways to prepare them so that I look forward to them because they're really yeah. good for you yeah I had a thing this summer well last summer where the beet was uh, sliced really thin and then it was uh, uh, goat cheese on top of it. Yes, ma'am, yes. Sliced red onion. Holy God. Also some cornichon sliced up real small, like relish, and that was on top of it. And then a little olive oil. When I tell you that thing was so delicious, and I was like, is this a salad? Like, what is this called? It was delicious. I was making that for the rest of the summer. Yeah. And it was so easy. I couldn't cut my beets up that fine because like I don't have a mandolin. And I'm like, I'm not trying to cut my <laughs> So my beets were a little chunkier. And then I took to just cubing them and then putting it all together in a salad. But this was beautiful. It was laid out with like the thinly sliced beets and then the cheese and then the onions. And then mm. I was like, this thing here. But yeah, that's something nice to do with beets. And I used to be like, ew, beets. Like gross. <laughs> but now I'm like, well. I eat so much more stuff now. Yeah. So I was I, at a go ahead. I was at a wine dinner once and it was a beet salad, but they were all different colors. And they topped mm-hmm. it with um, I forgot what herb it was. It might have been, was it mint and goat cheese or feta oh, and go it, or feta and mint? I can't remember, but again, it was placed beautifully. They were sliced thin, all different types of colors. And it was so good. It was really, really good. Oh, so wow. Yeah, I didn't. I, I haven't looked at beets the same since that. So yeah, anytime I see a beet salad on a menu, I'm getting it. Delicious. 
Yeah. Uh, what about Leslie? Did you answer? No. Oh uh, no, I had. Leslie um, looking like no, she ain't handled it. <laughs> I had. I I had to think about it because I was like like great today. I have not had a vegetable. <laughs> I've had fruit. I haven't had a vegetable. Um, yesterday I had spinach. I made a spinach omelet. Oh, yum! Mm-hmm. Those always win. Do you have any egg omelet making secrets? Yes. You got to have the right amount of fat in your pan. That is really important. Then you you can toss anything with that. But if you don't have enough fat in there, it's going to stick in. It's just a scrambled egg after that. Thank you for that. I'm going to take that to my oven tomorrow morning. Bunch of butter. Mm-hmm. Um, what's my last vegetable? Oh, one of my like struggle breakfast bowls is like leftover rice, um, avocado and spinach. Um, and if it's in the morning, I'll add an egg. But yeah, that's what I had today. That was like a struggle lunch. Um, just rice, avocado and um, spinach mixed all together. With some olive oil, salt, and pepper, that kind of thing. That sounds good. Right. I refer to that as ghetto fried rice. (laughs) It works. It works. Mm -hmm. I like it. And I'm like ghetto because that sounds actually like what fried rice should be. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The money question. If you received $4,000, what would you do with it? Girl, I need a new phone. So um, I'm you need four thousand dollars for a new phone? No, no, no. I, oh, I'm that. That's one of I have. To <laughs> so I need a new phone. So I'm gonna get that. Um, probably a computer. Mm. And uh, um, I want. I saw this Hermes bracelet. I want, and so I'm gonna get that. And then I'm gonna buy some GameStop stuff. Ah. Uh. you know i had to listen to three people and read an article to understand what actually happened i had to smooth listen to a trillion things (laughs) understand (laughs) like what and but then i still can't explain it to you i get it but i can't explain it to anybody i can't explain to you not one bit of it Who explained it to me? It sounded like wah 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 wah. i was like okay and they was like you get it i was like "Uh uh-huh right okay crazy then i stopped caring i think but yeah we're going ahead and do a little game stuff okay that's my four that's my four g's <laughs> Bree, what about you Oof, if i had four thousand dollars i would try to save as much of it as possible i just did a terrifying thing can i tell you what i did please I'm a little bit tipsy, so I'm like feeling, you know, girl, open. I calculated the amount of interest I've paid on my credit card. Oh, girl, that's scary. You don't ever do that. You don't do it on your credit card, and you don't do it on your student loans. Student loans, they make you want to jump off a roof. (laughs) I mean, head first off a roof. Okay, not even trying to save yourself. Feet first. No, you're diving off the roof. <laughs> but um just when I when I saw that number I was like so that was free money for Chase like just like free 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 wow cool will I ever see it again um never but 
if like with four thousand dollars i'm like the first thing i would do is like you know get my mom like you know some furniture like a cuter apartment or something oh, i know so right nice so tragic um <laughs> um and the other thing i would probably do is invest in like a community agriculture program there's this woman who i follow on instagram who just took a converted convenience store in like louisiana and just turned it into like a, a market garden like a farmer's market oh. you know mm. just like fresh produce all and it was just like a convenience store where we get our snacks and everything um but i just thought that was so powerful and then she was giving a breakdown of you know how hard she's been working and the amount of money and it just felt very doable and mm -hmm. I feel like now more than ever people need to see like another side of things so me loving gardening and loving food and all these things and I'm sure all of you are like huge foodies so you can relate but I just feel like the level of knowledge that we have about food even down to like nutrients and knowing that like beets are good for you and if you don't like them that's not available to everybody or not everyone has had that kind of an experience so when I think about four thousand dollars I would want to like earmark at least you know fifteen hundred for you know like admin or something just to make it easier for the people who are trying to do this monumental work um yeah. that's what I would want to do you're a giver yeah. that is fun. selfish I'm keeping four g's for me <laughs> still 2.5 in this pocket <laughs> Des but no me I would spend it on front row tickets to see Beyonce. Huh. Okay. Sounds like a ultimate flex. I love it. Well, yeah. Thank you. Spend it on you, girl. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, when you have those type of tickets, <laughs> you walk your walk is different when you walk in right right when you walk in what you like, wearing oh no the i know where to go in, i don't like need the, the escalator in are different mm -hmm. my box is right here i'm on the bottom right, floor right, right here four and five right here <laughs> see you like she'll you're be saying, trying to get some, you're trying to get the car to drive you up to your seat excuse <laughs> yeah. me everyone oh. oh this is right here thank you i'm sorry you need to see my ticket here it is yeah wow. i had a i had um a girlfriend who had front row tickets? Uh, it could have been the Wizards or Wizards or someone have you. And so she took the oh oh that's this is what happened. The Wizards were playing um, LeBron when he was in Ohio. Okay. And so she took a picture of the tickets and posted it on Instagram. She had the price. And no, she of course she did not have the price. No, that was. And the then, Serena, you know who this is too. Oh, uh, and um, the tickets were like two, three thousand dollars courtside. I mean, she didn't have to show the ticket. Honestly, if you, on the wood, yeah, if you know from your seat, you know how much the tickets are. Right, right, right. right. You show right. your feet cross on the wood, like we know how much your tickets cost. Like you only right. have you to show selfie, the thing. You take a selfie and you turn the other way, so the court is behind. Yes, you. exactly. Sorry, because they're playing the game. Yeah, right there. there's a player. I can see you. Right, you just see right, you just see streaks going by. You like, oh snap! You like right in action. Mm. No, hey, let right. me get on the floor. I'm taking pictures of my feet on the hardwood and just being like, up oh, at the game. Exactly. <laughs> or like, oh, I got a little sweat on me. See that? Yeah. <laughs> Location, just stable center, you know. Right. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. I'll be like, y'all watching the game? 
<laughs> right. Y'all ain't seen me. <laughs> yes. That's a good answer. That's a really good answer. What a flex. Um four thousand dollars. Um, <clears throat> I think I would take part of it like a thousand dollars and start like a um not like a scholarship, but like a kind of like a podcast scholarship for kids in high school. So yeah, I would choose one kid to sort of mentor who wants to do podcasting and, you know, show the ropes, that kind of thing. You know, I like hearing kids talk. Kids are, especially like city kids, they are very interesting. Very, very interesting. You know, there's a, um, if you wanted to get involved with this, Sarita, there is NPR sponsors a national podcast competition for middle school and high school kids how cool is that i love it and um i would say like in september they had announced the winners but it's it's an annual podcast it's and it was cool too so cool the podcasts were really good they played them on i forget which show they play them it could have been um with sam's i forget what sam's it's been a minute i think he played it on it's been a minute yeah okay Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think cool. that's nice all right um what are you going to do with the rest of the, the three thousand? That oh, was just, oh right, sorry girl. sorry that was just part of it okay um <clears throat> i would probably get <clears throat> some sort of desktop with a very large screen or two screens um because like it's hacker yeah. status yeah yeah mm-hmm. i would get the in yeah I, but I want to turn my office, my office is very small, but I want to turn it into half podcasting situation and then the other side, like loungy. But mm-hmm. I don't know if I have enough space for that. Like I would love somebody, um, you know, I could send my, uh, send the a picture to like HGTV and have somebody just design it for me. I don't have hey, the girl, patience you, for that. You got three G's, get some decorators. Like, like I'm going to just tell you what my desires mm-hmm. are and what I do and you do it. Yeah. You just come home one day and like, oh my God, it's done. Oh my God, I love it. But I wouldn't be able to like $4,000 wouldn't get you to hire somebody to redesign a room. So once we get up to like 10K, maybe. I don't you know. You can get some nice pieces with the 5,000. Yeah. True. Yeah. But see, I don't want to do it. I don't want to figure that out. I want somebody else to do it for me. You can probably pay somebody to tell you, like to look at the space and be like, oh, okay, buy these things. I think you can do that. All right. Well, that's an option. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's a consultation figure. That's someone in mind for you. Um, There's a interior designer named Dominique uh, Fluker. She works out of the Bay Area. She was just featured on Apartment Therapy. She's she's the sweetest girl. She does... um, editorial like glass door you know like that like the the job site she does all their editorial i'm gonna send you her link she just opened um like a small like boutique um interior firm yeah and she probably at least like help you source a couple of pieces yeah like a nice ottoman and like a storage situation and yeah yeah nice thank you yeah i appreciate that all right next question if there is a snowstorm coming what is the first item you run to get? Everybody thinking. You mean like as in to to huddle in with you while during the snowstorm? Uh yeah, I 
wherever you, you whatever your answer is, like, oh, okay. we just had a snowstorm. Was there something on your mind it was like, oh, I can't be without da 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 for two days. Oh. Or what do I need? Um, like, I can tell you my answer is eggs. The, uh, as soon as I saw the forecast, I opened the fridge. I was like, oh, we got eggs. Okay. Woo. Cause yeah. you that person like yeah. milk, eggs. And, and milk. I don't need, I don't need milk. I don't need milk. It's, it's the eggs. Probably like, well, eggs. No, I'm just saying like people always go get milk. Yeah. It's Any probably kind of storm the, in DC. It's like, oh, eggs I'm, and I'm, it's eggs and cheese for me. Yeah. And see, I always have those things all mm. the time. So like, I don't think like maybe bread, I'm about to run out and get like a couple baguettes, but I don't think I'm running out to get anything before the storm. Okay. Bread in France is so fresh, right? Like you probably buy bread every two days, you know? And here mm-hmm. I feel like they just, just buy bread. Yeah, right? Yeah, I know. I have, like a, I have a package of brioche buns that's been in my kitchen for two weeks and they have not molded yet. There's not there's nothing on them I was like that is scary that is scary and it's still soft oh no that's a problem isn't it but I'm still gonna eat it though I mean it's in here and they still soft so I'm still gonna eat it but I was like the preservatives in American food is insane yeah that is crazy crazy I'll be careful about that yeah I'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) I um recently am making a fire like like I have discovered my caveman so as soon as they said it was going to snow I ran out to the backyard to bring in firewood so it get wet <laughs> Leslie you are one of my own heart oh my gosh mm. yeah that was a, that was my big roast marshmallow we finna s'more it up in here <laughs> Okay. So is your next place, does it have to have a fireplace now that you've got oh, attached to it? It's yeah. So does. And it has to be, so, you know, in Pretty Girl County, you can only have a wood burning fireplace on the first floor. You can't, and the other floors, it can be electric or gas, but it can only be wood burning on the, so now I'm like trying to figure this out. So, cause I want it in my bedroom now so then when I wake up I have yeah I can I can set the fire away oh my gosh the sound ah that's nice I have have a question sorry to raise my hand can is there an option for a home with a deck coming out of the master bedroom suite Mm. oh oh yeah that's nice fire pits that's it Wow. Yeah, there's that. I mean, I don't know nothing about that because I live in an apartment. <laughs> Some apartments have fireplaces, but they do. But not we. I can't have we can't have fireplaces in the city. Oh, I mean, some people do, but they're you're not supposed to. I mean, you're not supposed to light it. You're not supposed to use. Oh, it. Right. oh, had it, but you're not supposed to okay. use it in the city. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I have one, a decorative one in my bedroom, but like. Mm. I think one time I was like, oh, can't use this. This thing is. Do you take pictures in front of it? No. I, I feel like that's what Black people do with fireplaces most of the time is take pictures in front of it. No. And it's nice, all marbled out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't need to. It's closed. That thing, that gate is closed on it and everything. 
I don't know what's behind it. I've heard noises back there. Mm-mm, I'm opening that up. Okay. Well, <laughs> be a full disaster. <laughs> no, that's their business back there. <laughs> Listen, sometimes the wind blow hard. I can hear the wind blowing in there, so I know like it could actually be used for a fire. But mm, I can't. I can't mess with it. The thing that um, when I saw it was going to be a snowstorm, bones for broth. Yeah, that's I love like it. what I can't do without. So we have some legit when my when, um, my partner was like, oh, you know, it's going to snow. I was like, Psh, whatever. We go to the farmer's market. Don't get anything. And then they're like, no, it's inches. I was like, do we have any bison bones? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, we have a pack of bison bones. We have a pack of kielbasa. We have two packs of chicken legs. Chill. And I was like. Listen, things I've never said in my life. <laughs> I was so scared of them. Five that's so funny I've never uttered <laughs> hey we got so some funny. bison bones no we don't have none okay. <laughs> oh damn they're right in the freezer I was like because I was like we don't have any lamb bones we don't have any duck um that's like my my easy no fail favorite thing when it's snowy or just you know when you're like working and in between zoom calls and you're like I don't have time to eat just warm up like it's a cup it's a cup of soup right mm-hmm. So that's, that's what we have. Um, oh, so what you're saying is you eat like the broth by itself. Oh, no, we put noodles in it. You put oh, noodles okay, in got it, it. You put rice. You can make like a curry yeah. broth. No, I just need to have like stock, basically. Oh, got it, to got it. Totally get that, yeah. Totally yeah, I need to have stocks. Like, bro, do, okay. do you want to know what's on the oven right now? <laughs> like, okay. It's, it's very important to me just because it's so easy to like not nourish yourself and to not eat, especially yeah. around COVID and being at home. And like, if you skip dinner and then you're angry and you're like, why? Because you haven't eaten. I wish I had that skip meal thing or forget to eat. I'm the opposite. I do not. I'm trying to, I'm trying to forget. <laughs> yeah. I that almost never happens to me and it needs to. <laughs> Listen, I need to skip. Some. No one does that. Hmm. I need to skip a couple. Mm-hmm. You should be eating crab. I'm like, what season? You go off. You're just like shrimp, grits. We live. I mean, we live on the water. We live on. It's very. It's so easy to get seafood here. And then if you go to the wharf now, there's no line. It's cold. Nobody's there. It's perfect to get seafood. Yeah, this is New York isn't known for its seafood, so I'm happy that you're enjoying its yeah. your location. Yeah, man. All right. Last question is for Brie. It's perfect weather. You spent the morning in your garden and you decide to take a break. What are you sipping and what song are you playing? Ooh, what am I sipping? Hmm, something chilled. The first thing that came to mind, I'm going to look it up exactly. It's from a producer called Mind Klong. Um, it's oh, an Austrian wine. It is. You know it is. You know it is. From one of my absolute favorite um, importers here in New York. That's what I'm sipping because... Go ahead. No, no. I want to hear it, Tanisha. What do you think of it? Oh, I love it. I've had uh, some of the red styles and then um, the rosé. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, it's, it's like a Pinot Gris um, mix. These like German wines, I'm like, Weisht, who? 
but mm-hmm. it's like yeah. like Vals Rising or like like Waltz Riesling basically I suppose mm-hmm. and it's frizzante so it's a little bit of um of like a pucker you know and I love that in the garden. Fun fact, I got banned from drinking in the garden because I've spilled wine in it. So now I have to drink like on the perimeter. <laughs> banned as in my, my partner was like, this is actually untenable. But because, you know, I'm trying to be serene. I'm on my Instagram being like, ah, pouring, you know, into a glass and it just spills. But um, that's what I'm sipping. And what song is playing when you asked that question, the first thing that came to mind was Ella Fitzgerald. Just like, you know, anything that's very, you know, like kind of slow and and lazy and like luxurious. Um, and yeah, I think that's what I would be up to. It's so funny to try to even imagine a garden when it's like six inches of snow outside, but yeah. it's gonna happen soon. Yay. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Yeah. Brie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This, have Brie. this has been an absolute blast. This was such a fun so episode. Fun. Where can everybody follow you? So you can follow Brie Books Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. I actually just did an episode about uh, my like COVID. 19 like wine essentials so it's like you know like the five wines I think everyone needs to kind of like have in their you know like wine bank as it were and you can find me on uh Instagram at Brie Books Pod you can also follow me personally Brianna J B-R-I-O-N-N-A-J-A-Y and I do a lot of food beauty content um working at a magazine kind of makes all that very like easy and applicable, but um, I hope it's a good part of the internet. That's my goal is just to be a bright spot on someone's feed. <laughs> and you definitely are. Um, Brie, do you have any good books to recommend before you Ooh, leave? Good question. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for asking that, Leslie, about wine in particular. Or just in general. But if you have some wine-centric books, that would oh, be Oh, okay. Well, we... Yes, I'll, I'll give you three books because um, I want Tanisha to go to bed. Thank you, Tanisha. I always love listening to you on these episodes. I'm like, she is up. Amen. <laughs> Just out here. Listen, I was like, I got to smooth 10 more minutes and I'm out. I know for real. I, I want to respect your time. Like I'm going to be asleep on the show. <laughs> um, a wine. So one book I need to read is Cicely Tyson's um, uh, sure. autobiography. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got to go ahead and get that yeah, in my own words. So I'm very excited to, to read that. That's kind of one book that I need to get my hands on. Um, a wine book. Let me look at my bookshelf right here. This is a fun one. This is called Fire and Wine. Ooh. 75 smoke-infused recipes from the grill with perfect wine pairings. <laughs> is that Mary Kressler's book? It is Mary Kressler. I love you know Mary Kressler. Yes. She loves Mary. I love Mary. <laughs> <laughs> and her husband. Oh my gosh. When they announced yes. they had a, a book. Because before that, we'd be like, why don't you have a cookbook? Because like y'all are doing some amazing things with the uh grilling and smoking and wine. Mm, okay. Fantastic. Yeah. They they, they do nice to see their you book in the wild. Nice. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I like it's I, I don't have a smoker or anything, but we, we like to kind of get sometimes smoked meats and things from the market. Um, and it's it's convinced me to buy a smoker. Um, but it's just a fantastic book about like flavors and how I don't have to, I'm preaching the choir, but I'm learning more about, you know, like flavors and how things like acidity and level of, you know, kind of like charcoal or, you know, like volcanic rock in a wine can really um, shape the flavor of it. And I feel like this book is, it's, it's just beautifully shot. Um, so yeah, it's fire and wine, 75 smoke infused recipes from the grill with perfect wine pairings. And even if I don't have that, that, you know, meat, I will sometimes seek out a similar wine from my local wine shop. So that's a very good one. And the third book, I'm trying to think what book have I read recently? Oh, mm, your money, your life, um, investing and saving in your twin, in your thirties. Let me go pick up this book. Yeah, girl. Well, but I'm sure oh, we can we, learn a lot. Oh, right. Probably we, some this might not you be your target do. audience. <laughs> There's a twenties ver there's a twenties book. There's okay, one for let me your let me get the twenties one. Let me get the 20s. there's one for your thirties, there's one for your forties, fifties, and sixties. I've requested those three from the library. Um, they haven't come in yet. And I'm just like reading them in order and it's just so fascinating. And it just reminds you like that it's never too late. You know, like people are like, mm -hmm. Oh, I wish I had, I wish I had it. It's like, okay, wish is cool. Right now you can still move forward. And I feel like these books are just you know, as someone as long who, as it gets you together and not you know, makes you feel bad, like well, what you should have done is the mm. but since yeah, you and, yeah. your options are limited. So exactly. And it's like you can literally the shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? You know? And it's like the best time to start saving was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. Like okay, because well, you know we're on second best. That is right. I feel like mm. that alone is so valuable. Um, you know, just like money mindset like shifting things like that to, that I've been really enjoying. So I will report back once I read the other ones and just see like what stays consistent and what changes. But it's just really good to just get your financial literacy up. And we're talking about, you know, GameStop and stocks and all these things and economies and, and like the geopolitics of wine to, I guess, bring it, you know, full circle and lobbying right. and yeah. how where one embassy is in the world can affect like a global economy. Like that's wild when you think about it. Um, and then how it trickles down to us on our plates and in our glasses. So I'm just trying to like, you know, just get a better handle on um, everything. So those are the books I would recommend. Um, Fire and Wine, uh, Your Money Life by Peter Dunn. And the last one was, what was it? I forgot. Oh, C Cicely Tyson's uh, autobiography. Yes. Thank you. You got your, you got your reading you. materials, Leslie. Thank you. <laughs> y'all don't y'all don't get it. Like I've trained my whole life for this. You know what? <laughs> Some people wait a lifetime for a moment like this. Stop <laughs> trying to my guess us. Girl, you're already on the show. You don't have to guess us no more. It's good. <laughs> Leslie and Tanisha, you guys have anything you need to share? You want to share before we go? Before we go, I want to say a big thank you to the folks who have been shouting us out for Black History Month. We've gotten two shout outs in one day, which is awesome. One from Pods You Should Follow. Wait, no. Pods You Should Know. That's the whole handle on Instagram. Pods You Should Know. Um, and they shout us out. Also, um, a mixologist who is shouting out 
Blacks um, in the industry this month, A Glass Above. And her handle is a glass above underscore. And I think her name is Daisha and she's a mixologist. So I think it's pretty cool. Um, sometimes when we're doing this, we don't really know who's listening for real. Um, <laughs> right. So just us, good. just us listening. Right. It's good. It's good space. to hear. And we appreciate your comments. We're glad you enjoying the show. So that's pretty awesome. Oh, also follow Burger and Wines. She's also doing, she organized something really cool this month. Tanisha, Leslie, and I will be participating. Um, I don't know if y'all shared, but the calendar is on my uh, Instagram. I go, I post on the 7th. What are your days? Tanisha and I bring up the rear. Yeah. <laughs> we, bring, we, we bring up the rear. Okay. 28, strong. So follow all of us and follow Burgers and Wine. It should be a lot of fun. Oh, next week, we're going to have Chef and Wine Girl, Joe and Brene who is, it's crazy that they met. I didn't even know how, I'm, I'm curious about how they even know each other. Joe was a chef here in DC. Um, he was working here. His food is fantastic. Then he moved to California. And then all of a sudden I see him on Instagram with Brene. I'm like, how did that happen? That's, that's crazy. It's wild. Um, so now they have a YouTube channel and, and they, yeah, they have a YouTube channel together and it's really cute. And so they're going to tell us all about it next week. Well, that concludes our episode, everybody. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We love comments on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to The Swirl Suite. Enjoy the rest of your week. Cheers.